you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer with big design small budget here's your host betsy helmuth on wednesdays at 4 p.m eastern time i go live on facebook to share my design tips to answer your questions to talk about what's going on in my world. Well, I not only share it on Facebook, now I'm going to be sharing it on my podcast. So today you will be hearing a recording of my most recent Facebook Live. Enjoy. Hi, everybody. I have amazing questions that have come in from you guys. So of course, we're going to dive right into those. And also, I have nearly reached the bottom of our mailbag. I thought it was impossible. You guys have been sending in so many wonderful questions each and every week. And this week we only had two. So there is plenty of availability for you to send in your questions and get them answered the very next week. So please keep them coming either here live or you can send them to Betsy at affordableinteriordesign.com. You can always post them on our Facebook wall or you can, you know, Reach us however you want, snail mail, etc. We have a storefront here in Dobbs Ferry, and it is so beautiful here. The sun is shining. The weather is fairly warm. Ah, life is good. Life is good. So speaking of goodness, let's get to your questions right away. All right. My first question is, hi, Betsy. Thank you for putting out such great advice in your podcast. I just started reading your book and I'm so thankful for your rules and your humor. Thank you for keeping it real. I have two big questions for you today. My husband and I are building a house outside Nashville. We are tripling the size of our home and we are so excited. What advice do you have for tackling the very exciting and overwhelming design appointment with the builder? We know the rules, save the upgrades for the kitchen and the master bath, but what else should we keep in mind as we prepare to select every finish in our home for in a brief four hour window? All right, well, you are in luck because I do have some advice for you. So the first piece of advice is go back to that podcast that I did recently with architect Stephen Seacon because he talks about what is valuable to have ready and to present to someone who's building your dream home or just doing a renovation for you and how to shortcut the process and make both sides more efficient, which in turn saves you money because at least if you're working with someone like Steven who charges by the hour, well, that can get pricey. 
So um, listen to that podcast. My second piece of advice <clears throat> is get some inspiration pictures. Get some inspiration pictures, but be flexible. I don't mind when my client has a ton of Pinterest images, as long as they're willing to pivot when I say one works well, but the other doesn't work well, or these six work really nicely together, but these four don't really go with that look. So just know where you're willing to bend and know where you're willing to be flexible, but then know where you're sticking where you're saying, you know what, I want this countertop, I've always dreamed of having white cabinetry, and stick to your guns. The other thing that I would recommend when shortcutting is to be clear about your budget and give your builder sort of that top number because you don't wanna go with all the budget finishes, but you don't want to max things out. You want to let them know what kind of person you are. Like, I'm not the kind of person who wants all the bells and whistles, but I'm willing to splurge for those things that will really add value to me. And speaking of adding value to you, if you're going to live in this home for 10 plus years, I don't want you to think about resale value at all. Because by the time you're ready to sell, all those things are going to be out of date and not trendy any longer or just not indicative of the style that's happening right now. So I want you to really just think about what would please you if, they're, if you're going to be there for 10 years or longer. If you're going to be there for less than 10 years, then you do want to keep your eye on resale value. You do want to be thinking about neutral tones, not going too dark with the flooring, not going too light with the flooring not going to light with other things. Uh, for instance, I think white cabinetry can be somewhat problematic over time because it does tend to yellow. So a lot of people are really into white cabinetry and I think that's great if this is your dream home and you're not worried about the appearances after 10 years, you're happy to repaint them or to do something different. But keep in mind, if you're gonna resale in seven, they will probably look a little creamy by the time you're ready to put it on the market. What are some other things? You may want to already go to some countertop stores and some tile stores and have some samples in hand of textures you like. When you're doing a renovation, there's nothing like actually seeing the materials, maybe even seeing them in a showroom because what your builder is going to offer you are sample boards, tiny sheets that have little pieces of these different textures, countertops, cabinets, flooring. But when you see it in a showroom, when it is on a backsplash, on a display kitchen, when it is on the floor of your shower in a display model, well, you can really get a sense of how it's going to look in real life. So not only online research, but also in-store research, I think would be really valuable for you. Now let's get to your second question before I go to my live questions, because Kara has a question that just came in, and I'm excited to dig into that one. So your second question is, this is a big move. We are moving from DC, which is 1,200 square feet with two bedrooms, to Gallatin, Tennessee, 3,700 square feet with five bedrooms. We are decorating from scratch. This is going to be deliciously overwhelming, but how on earth do we start? I'm thinking Crate and Barrel for the living room and Master, and Wayfair Target Home Goods for just about everything else. Would you set a budget and what would it be to decorate a space of that size? Thanks again for all your fantastic advice. We cannot wait to see your new book. Well, thanks for your support. And I have news about that. But before we get there, let me answer your question. 
So 3,700 square feet is massive. I moved from a place in Brooklyn, which I think was 750 square feet. Well, it was probably closer to 1,000 actually with that second bedroom. Uh, 1,000 square feet, we moved to 2,300 square feet. And I thought that that was wild. Now, just to give you a sense of a budget, when I moved from Brooklyn to Westchester. We didn't really reuse anything. All our existing furniture went in areas like the basement where, you know, it wasn't really going to be used for those key pieces in our new space. So we were essentially starting from scratch. My initial budget came in at 25K when I made my spreadsheet. And of course, it went to 35K by the time I got the shower curtain liners, I got the box springs, I got the inserts for the throw pillows. So when you added in those incidentals, well, it went to 35K. Now, I did not buy that much Crate and Barrel or West Elm. I really went more for that overstock Target Wayfair Macy's. And the reason is because I have young children and I have pets, right? A pet, a dog. But if you have pets, if you have kids under the age of 10, well, you may not want to spend as much. You may think of this as your five-year plan for furniture, even though it's your forever home. It's your five-year plan for furniture because they're going to spill they're going to, you know, use Sharpie on your sofa. They're going to wipe marinara on your dining chairs. Giving a more realistic timeline, not to the time you're going to be in the home, but to the time these items will actually last is a good idea because they're going to scratch your dining table when they're doing homework. They're going to run their whatever that kind of car was, their Hot Wheels, uh, over your coffee table, it's going to create gouges. I'm speaking from experience. So I myself have been living in my house for two and a half years. The things are holding up nicely, but in two and a half years, it's going to be time to move on. I don't think any one store does everything right, which you probably know from my previous Facebook Live events and, of course, my book. So not any one store does everything right. So I would not be exclusively sticking to Crate and Barrel for the living room because while I think that they have great case goods, I don't like their upholstered furniture as much just because of the high cost. I think the quality is there. It's just the cost is so high for the styles you're going to be getting, which are fairly basic right? Um, and then I think that home goods is amazing for small things like vases and pillows, but I would never buy my dining chairs there or anything large there that I really need to be of quality, like an entry cabinet or that TV console. And speaking of splurge and save, TV consoles are a place that you want to splurge because when I'm seated in the main seating area, that tends to be my focal point, the TV. So whatever is under that TV, be it a TV stand or around the TV, be it a media unit, we need that to have some wow because I'm going to be looking at it all the time. The other places that we want to have some wow would be the artwork because your kids most likely are not going to smear chocolate on the painting. Uh, it's not going to get that wear and tear. So splurge a little bit on the art. Splurge a little bit on some drapes because, again, that doesn't tend to get a lot of traffic. People aren't touching them a lot, and they can really create a big splash because they're so long and they take up a lot of wall space. So these are just a few ideas of ways that you can maximize the wow without spending money everywhere. And just be careful with places, um, like I mentioned, like home goods that sell these kind of one-off items where you can't check reviews and know that the quality is where it should be.
So there we are. I hope that helped. And let's get to my live question before I go back to the mailbag. So my live question is from Kara and she writes, hi, Betsy, I am converting one of our bedrooms into an extension of my piano studio and I have a question about colors for the frames of two large bulletin boards, 56 inches long. Those are large. Uh, each on opposing walls facing each other. The room will have pale blue walls with white trim, lots of black on the lower half of the room, black digital pianos, and a long black chunky desk. What color would you recommend for the frames of those two bulletin boards? Black to balance out the black on the lower half, white to brighten it up, dark blue for an accent, gold for some warm glam, or something different altogether. By the way, the bulletin boards will be white. I can choose the frame color. Thank you in advance. All right, great. Well, when I'm thinking about a room, when I'm looking at a room, in fact, where was I the other day? Oh my gosh, where was I? Oh, I can't remember. But I was I was at a client space and we were doing finishing touches. And so she's like, Betsy, I just don't know what kind of nightstand lamps I should get. The room is completely done except for the nightstand lamps. What should I do? Oh, I remember. I remember we were in Harlem and we were staging it to sell. And so we were using tons of her current items, keeping them in the space, but changing them a little bit. Yet she did not have nightstand lamps. So she was like, what should we choose? Because I don't want to spend a lot of money, but I want to maximize that wow. And it sounds Sounds like you want to do the same thing, Kara. Maximize the wow. So what you want to do is you want to think about the material that's missing in the room because a room that looks very designerly is a room that has a mix of materials. So not only does it look like it evolved over time, like I didn't just go to the wood store and say, give me everything that you have in wood. I didn't just go to the black store and say, give me everything in this shade of black. Instead, you curated these things carefully over time, buying things that didn't go together because they're not the same material, they're not a set, but seamlessly they work together, right? And that's what we're looking for. So based on your description, we can do process of elimination. So we're not gonna do black because we already have black represented. We're not gonna do white because your trim is white. We're not gonna do blue because your walls are blue. So we could bring in a different accent color, one of your 60, 30, 10 from your color palette. But the thing that I'm hearing that's missing, the two kind of materials are both metal and glass. Now we're not gonna frame it in glass or acrylic because that's probably not an option. That's not a um, natural frame choice. There's less, less availability, right? Uh, but metal would be the way to go. Now you could bring in the gold glam as long as you bring in that metal in other places in the room, or you could do silver, which is probably the most economical option because it's probably most readily available. So I think that metallic touch would be the way to go and would look most designerly to create that mix that we're going for. And in the case of my client in Harlem, she had a, light, a lot of white represented because we were using a lot of her kids' furniture. We're going to do a gray upholstered bed, and then she already had some wood touches. So metal was also missing for her, and we're going to do silver lamps because also metal lamps are really affordable. If you don't believe me, check out Lamps Plus or Overstock. You can get two for the price of one, and we are really gonna save some money while making her place look more balanced so she can get top dollar for resale. You had mentioned in your email my new book, and that is what I've been working on all day. 
So yes, I have a new book coming out and this is me editing my old book and it's going to have all new pictures. It's going to have a new title. It's going to have a new cover. It is going to look like a brand new book, but in fact, it's going to be the same content, the same layout. So I don't really know why my publisher wanted me to do this. And I was talking with my photographer today and he's like, why did they want you to re-release the same book? I don't know, but it is going to be fabulous. I'm lining up all my photo shoots right now, and the new name is Affordable Interior Design, which feels very apropos. I'll be releasing the new cover next week, and um, I'm going to treat it like a brand new book, but I will tell you, a lot of the content will be the same. I'm only allowed to make small edits, um, but I'm going to edit as much as I can so it feels deliciously fresh. Okay, we got some live questions while I was yapping away. So let's start with those. Beth writes, Betsy, where would you find the best upholstered bed that's affordable? Okay, I totally know where to go because I got my affordable upholstered bed on Wayfair. Wayfair Overstock Hay Needle. I just type in the kind of bed that I'm looking for, be it gray or beige, be it with nail heads or without, be it tufted or plain, right? camelback or flat, you can just type those into the search key and you will get a wealth of options. Now, if I were to be really specific, my actual favorite place to go for this item for the upholstered beds is Wayfair because what I can do is I can get very specific with their filters and I can say, yes, I want a box spring. I can say, yes, I want all these different really minute specifications so I can tailor it to exactly what I'm going for because most modern beds these days do not accommodate a box spring. So I don't want to go to all the trouble of buying one if my ideal bed doesn't accommodate one. So it's just a nice way to get really specific and then you know that the height of the bed, whether or not it takes a box spring, will then determine the height of the nightstand. It just allows you to control a lot of things with those yummy filters. So start at Wayfair, but don't stop there. Overstock hay needle as well. And then you wrote, oh, you want a bed that's contemporary, not too traditional. Yeah, so you can even modify it by style, but I like to keep my options open because you'll be surprised what you'll find. So just type in the color. I think that's really the good starting point. So I would do like queen upholstered bed gray, or I would just do upholstered bed and then do the filters with the different colors and sizes. I like to search different ways because it will yield different results. But the number one thing that I always filter, be it Overstock Hay Needle or Wayfair, are the reviews because I want to be sure to get a piece that is amazing. And I do not want to mess around with something like a bed that is so bulky and that I will have to assemble. So by the time I've paid to have it assembled, and I've got this huge monstrosity in my room, if it's not well-built, well, it's going to be such a hassle to return. So I need to be sure it's a home run before I add it to my cart. So hopefully that helps because you really do not have to go to the store and buy these items, upholstered beds, in person. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, beautifying your home for less, styling your home, and the fundamentals of feng shui. 
Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock filled with visuals and tips, things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. All right, let's get back to the mailbag to Beth. Beth writes, Hi, Betsy. I recently found your podcast and I have been learning so much. Thank you for all the great info. I am planning a new home office and thought you might be able to help with a couple of questions. I found an inspiration room, but I'm not sure what to do next. I have built-in bookshelves, but what about the furnishings? Do I start with the rug, the upholstered pieces, the chandelier, the curtains, or something else? All right, Beth, let me tackle this first question first. What you want to do before you design a room is you want to ask yourself, what are the functions that I want to do in this room? So what do you want to do in this room? Uh, it sounds like it's a home office. So that would, of course, be a desk area. That would be storage. That would be all these different things, and you will list it, right? Then you mark them down by the order of priority. Now, typically in a home office, the priority piece is the desk because that's the most important piece in terms of working efficiently and having a great place that feels inspiring. So I like to clear the room in my mind, even if we can't physically clear it because it's filled with furniture. And I like to imagine that desk in every possible place. You could draw a picture and kind of move it around. You could stand in the room and move where the different desk options could be. But I like to explore every option for that priority piece, leaving no stone unturned. From there, you're going to discover that there's only two or three placements of that priority piece, that desk with the chair. So then you're going to go back to that functions list and go to the second function. What is the second biggest priority in this room? In your case, it may be seating or say it's going to be an office slash den that's going to have a sofa bed. So that is the second most important piece. And now you take that first option for the desk and add in where that sofa bed would go. Then you take the second option for the desk and add in where the sofa bed would go in that arrangement. One will become the clear winner. When that one rises to the top, your favorite desk placement with the sofa sleeper placement, then you're going to add in all that other stuff. You're going to add in the other functions, like, say, the storage, the, um, I don't know what else is in your home office. Let's just say the large file cabinet, these different elements that you're going to add in. And only at the end will you measure for that rug. Only at the end will you think about the artwork and window treatments. Even the wall paint I save for the very end because I can choose from 16 million wall paint colors, but I can only choose from... 
500 rugs. So I'm going to derive my paint color from that rug or choose a paint color that goes nicely with that rug. So people always think, Betsy, I need to start with that paint color. And while maybe you do when you're actually implementing the design, you don't start with the paint color when you're envisioning the design or creating the concept for the design. At least I don't. Rachel, you're a designer. You could weigh in. What do you start with? All right, good. So I have another question that has come in live. So let's get right to that. And hi, Rebecca. Hi, Karen. So good to have you joining me today. Um, you wrote, Betsy, is there a rule of thumb for window treatments for a slider with a transom? My options are significantly fewer if I search for curtains to cover the transom versus just the slider. So those transoms are tricky. Transoms are tricky. That should be its own topic on my next podcast, Big Design, Small Budget. Transoms are tricky. The reason is because they're freakishly high. They're above eye level. They're above the other windows. Now, I don't have a picture, Karen, of exactly where your transom is, but they are very hard to dress. Now, the exciting thing about a transom is typically you don't need privacy. Typically, nobody is that tall or you don't have houses right across at the exact same height so that you need to cover them for the privacy factor. So hopefully covering them is not a must. I'm open to you just covering the slider with, say, a large rod and two double-wide drapes so that way it can close nicely with undulation, or perhaps doing a custom blind over the slider, even though your options are few and far between, um, and just ignoring the transom altogether. Now, if the transom is small or it's just a little bit above the slider, then I'm okay with you treating them both at the same time with a longer panel and then that same rod going across the top. So I'd really have to see a picture to give you a definitive, but don't feel the need to dress every transom because some of them are tricky. Let's see here, guys. I'll go to Beth's next question from her email, and then I'll see if I have any more live questions, and then I'll sign off because I am going to Dobbs Ferry later today. I'm in Dobbs Ferry now, but I'm just going to another part to design a gallery wall for a client I've been working with, and I'm so excited. Her dad made her a ton of paintings, and of course, they were to her specifications, and she assembled them all and brought her entire collection, and I can't wait to uh, make a medley that is visually appealing for when you come up her stairs. All right, so Beth's second question. Betsy, this is an expensive inspiration room. She's talking about the inspiration room for her home office. I can splurge a little, but definitely not on the whole room. Are there key items that are creating the high-end look of this room? Where can I go cheap and where should I splurge to get that luxe designer feel? Okay, so where you can go cheap are the accents. Um, because with a built-in, the first thing that you need with a built-in to get that luxe look, or you need some nice books. So I'm not talking paperbacks. I'm not talking about like magazines. You need nice hardcover books. And I typically take the jackets off and I just had the spine showing. If you worry that the subject matter of the books you're choosing is not very high end, well, you can definitely flip the books. So referencing that um, lady that I'm working with in Harlem to stage her place, we want to remove all personality. We want somebody to be able to project their own life and their own belongings onto the space. So I'm going to turn the books so you just see the pages. And if you Google that, Google that, that's a thing. You'll see lots of examples because her mind was kind of blown and she was not convinced. But I'll tell you, it's a thing. 
Um, so that's one way to do it, right? Is get a lot of nice hardcover books. And if you just go to the library, oftentimes they're having big book fairs and you can just turn the spines around so you don't have to be totally excited about the title to get the impact. Then what I like to do is not push the books all the way to the back. I like to have them float somewhere in the middle and then put small accents in front of them. So you can put small pieces of pottery or frames or interesting sculptural things you might have picked up on your travels, but layering that bookcase is quite interesting. And if you don't have the books to layer, if you're just decorating the shelves, well, then the onus is on you to have better items. And if you haven't spent a lot of money on your items, I don't want them to be as prominent as if they were just on a shelf by themselves, which really puts them in the spotlight. I want them to just be part of a larger whole. In terms of splurging, you will want to splurge on that desk. That is the priority piece I'm imagining. That's the priority piece. And so you really want it to be a piece that's beautiful, but also conceals cords. So you want it to have a storage column on the side, which just ups the ante. It just makes it more expensive. And there are not a lot of great options for storage desks. Uh, you'll also want to splurge on the chair, because if you're truly going to be working from home a lot, you'll want it to be comfortable. For instance, I got this very exciting chair from Overstock two and a half years ago. It was very affordable and matched my aesthetic. It's not comfortable. And every day I'm like, ooch, ooch, I have to get a lumbar pillow. I have to like stand up and walk around every hour. So you should spend money on a good chair. The things you don't need to spend money on, a rug. There are so many amazing rugs available these days that have so many affordable price points. Just don't spend money there. And also in an office space, you might be uh, wheeling your desk chair on that rug. So it's going to get a lot of wear and tear. So don't go expensive. You may want to go expensive on that sleeper sofa. I don't know if you're incorporating a sleeper sofa, but if you are, you're going to want your guests to be comfortable. And lastly, I do love spending light uh, money on lighting because lamps light themselves up. So they draw a lot of attention to themselves. So if you wanted to splurge find something that looks pretty cool that maybe has a sculptural base. You don't have to do this for every lamp, but for a couple important lamps, uh, it's a nice thing to do. I love having a storefront because people walk by and that was Sophie, my daughter's school friend, my daughter's BFF. So uh, if you're ever in Westchester, do stop by our storefront here on Main Street in Dobbs Ferry because I love to wave. Or of course you could come in. Uh, I keep candy, toys, and different things here for kids as well as, um, Lots of interesting things for adults to look at. So it was great talking to you. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. And um, keep those questions coming because we need more. I have officially depleted our mailbag. I didn't think that would happen. I did not think I'd see the day. So send me your questions, Betsy at AffordableInteriorDesign.com. And I will catch you next week. Bye. You've asked for it and we have answered the call. For years, you've been saying, Betsy, you're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. 
Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.